0: Um, together. Uh, Last weekend, I was at our Sandusky campus uh, sharing, and uh, so it's good to be back at Port Clinton with the rest of our PC family. Uh, everybody, you know, so many people know about our journey with our son Carter and some of the sickness, and every week I get asked like multiple times, so then like I have 18 conversations, which I love. Keep asking. Don't ever hesitate to do that, but it kind of feels like I should just like take a whole time and just like address it all, you know, uh, but people ask, how's Carter doing, and, and we've seen some real improvement. He's being treated for Lyme disease right now, and just um, much more stability, but a, a couple weeks ago, my wife Lisa, she got sick, and because his immune system is on, uh, kind of just all uh, on red hot alert all the time, it it kind of triggered some things, and and to be honest, the, the last week and a half, two weeks, it's it's been a little tougher, and some of the things that some of the symptoms that we had seen diminishing, started to kind of show back up, and it just sucks the winds wind out of your sails. Some of you, you've been through things in your own life where, you know, you think things are getting better and then, man, you just feel hit. And uh, it was in the midst of that, um, Bill Kelly, he comes to our PC campus, he plays bass. He's a retired pastor. And um, the other morning, he sent me this text message. He said, hey, Todd, I was in a Zoom prayer meeting with other pastors from across Ohio, and we prayed for you and your family that you would That you would know wisdom and assurance from the wonderful counselor, healing from the mighty God, constant love from the everlasting Father, and that the Prince of Peace would rule and reign in your home and in your hearts. May it be so even now. Glory to God. (laughs) There's just something, isn't there, about receiving just the right message at just the right time? The book of Proverbs says that worry weighs a person down, but an encouraging word cheers them up. And some of you know what that's like. You've been on the receiving end of one of those words of encouragement, that message of hope that you needed right then. Maybe it was just, you know, you're... You're waiting on news from the doctor's office and at just the right time, and you get some good news actually this time. Or maybe maybe it's your, you know, under the gun and you felt this pressure from the higher ups to, to get this contract nailed down, you know, and you're just waiting and working and sweating and filled with anxiety, and then the email comes through and it's the signed contract that you were hoping that your company would get, and there's just this deep sense of relief and gratitude is good news. It's just just the right message that you needed to hear in that moment. And I don't know what that is for you. And and others of you in this room, you've been the ones that have been the givers of those messages of hope, messages of encouragement. You know, maybe it was just in the hallway and passing and and you just said to a coworker, hey man, just want you to know, really appreciate you. And you never know what that short, brief interaction in the hall meant to that person that was maybe getting ready to call it quits, but because one person believed in them, it made all the difference. Well, we've been in a series over the last couple weekends, and today we kind of bring it to a conclusion. We've called it Just in Time for Christmas, and we've looked at a core passage from the book of Galatians. It's the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to this group of believers And I want us to go back there, even though we've looked at uh, the first really sentence or so of this passage today, we'll look at the rest of the verses. And so I'd like us to just look at them for a few moments together and let me read it for us. Paul writes, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. And now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So, we've looked over these last couple weekends at how when Jesus came at Christmas, he came at just the right time. We had a little bit of a history lesson about those 400 years of silence and what, what God was doing uh, underneath the surface or far, far above all of it, planning, preparing for the Christ to come into the world at Christmas time. And then last weekend, we looked at how Jesus was just the right person to come at Christmas time. In fact, he was the only person, the only one qualified to come and do for us what we could never do for ourselves. And this weekend, we look at how Jesus brought just the right message at Christmas. Actually, it wasn't that Jesus just brought a message, Jesus was the message, the message of Christmas. And what was this message that we find, especially in Galatians chapter 4? I believe it was a message of three things, of freedom, of family, and of fortune. And at first glance, you're like, man, sounds good. Like, this is the American dream, isn't it? (laughs) Right? Uh, Man, freedom, yeah. And family, yeah, bring them all in close. And, And fortune, all right. And yet the the, the freedom that Jesus brought is a freedom of a whole other kind. And the family that Jesus uh, talks about is a family that goes beyond our earthly family and thankfully, yes, beyond some of those extended relatives that you're not looking forward to seeing this Christmas, right? And the message that Jesus brought and was, was a message of great fortune, but it had very little to do with dollar signs. And that's what we want to think about together. Uh, again, a message of freedom. So let's go back to our passage, Galatians 4, verse 5. It says, God sent him, speaking of Jesus, to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Slaves to the law. Now, Paul was writing to a group of believers in this little city of Galatia. And they had given their lives to Jesus. They had, this, they had already discovered the freedom from the law, meaning the Old Testament law, all the rules and regulations that people were trying to, to live out to somehow ascertain God's favor, to somehow earn the hope of heaven. And, and these false teachers had slipped in amongst the Galatian church. They were known as the Judaizers, and, and they were trying to convince the people that had already put their faith in Jesus and had found freedom and joy from the law, that they still had to follow the law, that they still had to do certain things in order to have God's approval. In fact, Paul writes to the Galatians early. he says, "Where is all your joy gone? And the joy had been sucked out of their lives because they had stopped living by God's grace and they had started to live by the law again. And living by the law... Is draining. Living by the law leads to an enslavement because we'll never be able to cut it perfectly. And that's what Jesus came to break us free from a message of freedom. And, and again, Paul was writing to people that, that yes, they, they understood slavery to the law, but they understood slavery as a whole. It was prominent in New Testament times, different from the kind of civil slavery that we maybe know of in our country, but still difficult, challenging. They, they, they had saw, seen people, some of them probably were slaves themselves, some of them owned slaves and Paul's writing them to say Jesus came with a message of freedom from slavery, from being enslaved, enslaved to the law. Like when I talk about the law, I'm talking about like the Old Testament rules and regulations, including, including the Ten Commandments. And, and most of us in the room would be like, yeah, we should, we should probably, we would do well as a society to try to live out the Ten Commandments, wouldn't we? Like, Yeah, let's not murder each other when we're waiting in line at Best Buy to get that product or what? you know. Um, The problem is, if we try to live just by the Ten Commandments and somehow think that that's what's going to get us into heaven, number one, most of us, even me here standing on the stage, probably could not name all ten of the Ten Commandments, and none of us could ever live them out perfectly. It's why Paul says it leads to enslavement. This is very, you see, the, the purpose of the law was never to make us right with God. The purpose of the law was to show us that we could never make ourselves right with God. This is the message of Christmas. This is why Jesus came, to, to fulfill the law on our behalf so that we could be freed from it and live under his grace and mercy. And it says that God sent Jesus to buy freedom. And the Galatians, this, they would have understood this concept. A, a, a slave during that day, they, could, they were under obligation usually for their entire lives to be a servant of a person, of a master, of a household. And and very rarely was a slave able to somehow earn their own freedom. But if someone else decided to purchase their freedom for them, that was allowable. And, and, and Paul writes to the Galatians and he says, man, you, you've become enslaved again to living by the rules and thinking somehow you, you got to earn God's favor. But that's why Jesus came. He came to set you free from having to live. He came to purchase for you and I what we could never afford, our own spiritual freedom, a renewed connection with the God that loves us. Jesus brought with him at Christmas a message of freedom, but it was also a message of family, but a family of a whole other kind. Look at the text with me again. It says, "'God sent him, Jesus, to buy our freedom.'" for us who were slaves to the law so that there was a purpose for what Jesus came to do it was so it says he could adopt us as his very own children some of you in the room have experienced adoption maybe you were adopted maybe you uh, your family adopted someone maybe maybe you're a family that's awaiting Adoption, And you, and you know the, the, the toil and the angst and the anxiety and the hopes and the, the waiting. And then some of you in the room, you've experienced the joy, the joy of the welcoming, the adoption. And maybe a young child being invited into a whole new family and, and being able to experience a life that they would have never had without that adoptive family. That's why we want to support that and get behind families that are making that choice or or be a person that comes behind those who have adopted or are fostering to show love and support and care and kindness. And, And God's word here tells us that the purpose of Jesus coming into the world was to set us free, not so that we wouldn't just be slaves, but so that we would be adopted, so that we'd be brought into the very Family of God, adopted as His very own children. But wait, there's more. You seen seen those infomercials, right? Late at night, and you're you're just scanning through the channels, and somebody's trying to sell you a vacuum, or you know, some new knives, or you know, whatever. And it's like, and it's only ninety nine. But wait, there's more. And then it's you know, no, it's two sets of Ginsu knives, or it's it's you know, it's all these extra attachments for the vacuum. What they don't tell you is that you, you still get charged the shipping and the handling for every additional thing, and it's like as much as it would have cost, right? <laughs> well, well, there is more when it comes to our relationship with Jesus and the message of freedom that he brought. Look at what the text says. And, and because we are his children, it says, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. You see, the moment that a person turns from sin and self and turns to Jesus as Savior, God's own word says that he sends his spirit to come and live within us. And we ought to be grateful for the work of God's spirit. In fact, if it wasn't for God's spirit, none of us that are here that have put our faith and hope in Jesus would have ever opened our eyes to who we really were and to our need for Jesus. I remember when I was 17 years old and I mean I'd heard that God loves you and I'd heard John 3:16 and all this stuff growing up but none of it like none of it connected to me personally. And I can remember one time sitting with a group of high school students in a little in a little Bible study group and a lady she read some verses and it was like for the first time in my life something clicked. And it didn't click because I was so smart or because I wanted to know or understand It clicked because God's Spirit reached down into Todd Nielsen's life and said, I want him today to come to faith. And I'm going to help him understand what he's been missing his entire life. And something clicked. And I went home and I gave my life to Jesus that night. It's God's Spirit. That does that work. And then, and then once we put our faith and hope in Christ, he comes to live within us, to, to dwell with us, to, the Bible says, to, to give us assurance of our salvation. In fact, it says, his spirit testifies with our spirit to help us know, to have confidence that we are God's own children, that we've been adopted into a whole new family. And because of God's spirit, I'm never alone. You're never alone. It's why Jesus could leave this world and say, I will never leave you or forsake you. He was going to send his spirit into, into our hearts. And it says that it's by this spirit that we're prompted to call out Abba Father, to call out to God. I have uh, one rule uh, that's kind of an unbreakable rule. And it's this, that if my phone goes off, in fact, if it went off today, I mean, I turned the ringer off, but if I, felt, if I felt it vibrating in my pocket and it was my wife Lisa or if it was our son Carter or if it was our daughter Lainey or our daughter Gracie, I might just excuse myself from the stage because I want my kids to know no matter what I'm doing, your dad will pick up the phone. You, you that are parents in the room, you know that feeling. You know that, you know the weightiness when you get a call from one of your kids. But you know how mad you would be if they wouldn't have called you to tell you what was really going on, or what they needed, or where they were at. Or because the heart of a parent, the heart of a father, is to come to the rescue of his children. And and that that word, call out, it's like that kind of urgency. And it's it's God's spirit that lives within us that that sends this urgent message to call out to God, wherever they're at, whatever they need. Uh, A couple weeks ago, Lainey, our oldest, she's down in in Waco, Texas, working for Magnolia, and it was the first time she was that far away from home and she got sick, like real sick, like stomach flu sick. And who did she call? No, not me, she called her mom. (laughs) that's who we all want. I mean, we all want our mama, right? I mean, when we're sick, just get me mom, right? And and she's she's calling like, mom, what do I do? And and she's like, I've got a bucket. And Lisa's like, that's good, that's good, honey. You've got a bucket, and just hold the bucket, you know. And and I mean, she was just miserable. And so then Lisa's, you know, we can't get to Texas in like a half hour. And so, you know, so Lisa's getting on the. Thank goodness for click lists. And all, I mean, so she's getting a hold of Walmart and she's ordering a click list. And then she's paying the extra to get the the, the stuff to be delivered. And it shows up on Lainey's uh, porch step. You know, like two hours later, and and she's got Nyquil and she's got. I mean, she packed, I mean, she bought her like a, a new fuzzy blanket and, and slippers. I mean, she, she was just trying to do like a virtual hug, right? Because, she, because Laney called. When your kids call, you, you answer. And we need to know this that when, when you call, your father, he wants you to call. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter if it feels like it's insignificant or should I really bother? I mean, he is holding the whole world in its existence right now. You know, does he really need to be bothered with my little thing? He welcomes it. And that's why Paul says to the Galatians, and by his spirit we call out, but we call out Abba, Father. This is a term of rich endearment, it means Papa, Daddy, And God wants us to know that as his children, when we've been freed from the law, we've been invited into a whole new family. And as members of that family, we gain a whole new relationship with the God that loves us. Not a God that is off and afar and away and maybe is holy and maybe is powerful. Actually, not maybe. He is powerful and he is holy and he is holding the entire world in his existence. And yet he wants us to call out to him like our dad to say, help, I need you. And we gain that privilege. That is the message that Jesus brought to us at Christmas, a message of freedom, a message of family, and then a message of fortune, a message of fortune. Now, remember I said that this, this fortune might have very little to do with dollar signs. Oh, but it is a Fortune. It's some of what we've already talked about, and we'll see in a moment. Paul continues to go on in Galatians 4, 7. He says, And now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Now, it's interesting. In the original language here, God's word shifts from talking to children, plural, to now the singular, child, it's like God, through the Apostle Paul to the Galatians and to us, saying, Listen, I'm not just talking to all of you as God's children. I want to make sure that you know that you are God's child. We've been reading a book with our weekend experience team by Steve Cuss called Managing Leadership Anxiety. And this is what he writes in the book He says, I have a lifelong struggle. To experience God's love for me particularly. He says, My default position is to experience it generically, like I am number 24601, generic human who is generically loved by God rather than Steve, beloved son of God. I wonder how many of us in the room have that same struggle. I know God loves us. But does he really love me? Pastor Jay put it this way, and I had to quote it because it was so good. He said, A child of God is not generically loved by God. You are not just a number in the multitude of God's family, you are known by name. You are known by name. The message of Christmas was a message of freedom and it was a message of family and the God of the universe who created everything that is wants you and 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 you you, to know he loves us, but he loves you. Your faults, your weaknesses and all, your mess ups, your mistakes, your gifts, your talents, your abilities. He loves you. Just let that sink in. It's the message of Christmas, just the right message. And not only that, he says, not only are you God's own child, since you are his child, there's another, you know, and there's more. <laughs> and since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Uh, I've been, I'll confess it, I've been watching um, The Crown because Lisa likes those British shows and stuff. And so I'm learning a lot more about, you know, The Crown and, and then, you know, if you're a member of the family and what it means to be an heir. And an heir, being an heir brings some great, yes, responsibility, but it also brings some incredible privileges. And in the day of the Apostle Paul, as he's writing and he uses this slavery motif, when a person person, uh, was freed from slavery, someone paid a price for them to be set free, sometimes that family, instead of just setting them free, they would then adopt them. And then they would, in an instant their whole status would change. Their whole life would change. And they they moved from being a slave to being a son or a daughter in a household. And what that meant was whatever was the father's was the son's and was the daughter's as well. And Paul's reminding that the great, great fortune that we have because of the message of Christmas, because of what Jesus did for us, is that we have become co-heirs, get this guys, Co-heirs with Christ and heirs from God himself. An heir error, an error gets a great fortune, right? And what is that fortune? Maybe you're wondering, what? there's more. <laughs> what fortune do I get? It's some of the very things that this passage have, has already enunciated for us. What fortune do I get? Well, I get forgiveness even when I've broken God's law. I get freedom from the law. It was a message of freedom that Jesus brought. What fortune do I get? A whole new identity as God's own child, His beloved individual child. A whole new family within the body of Christ. It, it, <clears throat> excuse me. It's why you know you can you can travel on a short-term mission to to Burundi, Afri- Burundi Africa, and and meet um, these little pygmy people that are the despised people of the world. And instantaneously, you'll feel like brothers and sisters without even being able to speak their language because you know that you have Jesus in common. And he ties you together as family members. It's why for some of us in the room, we have friends that are Christ followers that are closer to us than even some of our own blood relatives because of Jesus. What what fortune do I get? I get the very presence of God's Holy Spirit with me and the promise of eternal life with Him. What a fortune. Man, are we rich. It should cause us to well up with gratitude this Christmas and to thank Jesus for the message of Christmas, a message of freedom, a message of family, and a message of fortune. So, In our closing moments, what do we do with that message? Number one, make sure that you've personally responded to that message. Maybe you came here today and you knew that God loves us, and maybe you knew that God loved the world but you didn't know that God loved you personally. That when Jesus came to this world, he had you in mind. That when Jesus went to the cross, he had you in mind. That when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, it wasn't just our sins, it was your sins and my sins. And when he rose again from the grave, he did that not just to offer the whole world hope, but to offer you hope. is the message of Christmas. Make sure that you've responded to that message. And if you need to talk to somebody, you've got questions, you want to wrestle that through, understand more, don't leave today without asking somebody that you trust how to put your faith and hope in Jesus. Number two, just thank God for bringing just the right message to us through Jesus Christ. And then finally, share the message. This is a message that, yes, it is too good to be true, and yet it is true. It's a message that is meant to be shared. It's why Jesus said before he left this earth, he said, just as the Father has sent me, that's what we've been talking about, right? God sent his son Jesus to free us from the law. Just as God sent his son Jesus, Jesus said, so I am sending you. This is why every single one of us as individuals and as a church body, we're on mission. God wants to use you and me to share this message of faith, of freedom, of family, of fortune with other people. To share Jesus across the workroom table. To invest in relationships with the people that you rub shoulders with on a day to day basis that don't know Jesus yet. To love on your family in such a way that even if they aren't interested in religion, they can't help but feel the love of Jesus in and through your life. And it's a great opportunity for us, you know. At, I mean, if people were ever more apt to consider coming to church, it's at Christmas Eve and it's at, and it's at Easter. and So we have an incredible opportunity. So this is what we want to do as you leave the services today. You're going to get a little coffee packet. It's chapel coffee. Did you hear that? And there's more. <laughs> and I know you like it because you drink it. Like gallons and gallons and gallons of it. But there's a little sticker. And this this coffee, sorry, it's not for you. It's actually for you to give to someone else. So every family, we want to encourage you to take at least one, take one packet. Um, if you want extra invites, there's extra invites at the, at the Welcome Center. Um, but just share a, a packet of coffee with a neighbor, a coworker, a friend. The sticker has our, our service times for each campus, when we meet, how they can get connected, a QR code that'll take them right to the website if they want to kind of check it out before they come we want to make it as easy as possible for you. You don't even have to share the message. You just got to share some coffee and invite them and say, I wish you'd come. I hope you'd come. I'll sit with you. Join us this Christmas at the chapel and we'll share the message and we'll sing the songs and continue to share the incredible message of freedom, of family, and fortune. Would you pray with me? God, thank you.